It's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky G, where that journey begins. Good evening, everyone. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with your hosts tonight, Chucky G and Jessica P. Look at that. They even rhymes, too. Unfortunately, yeah, our... So awesome. they cool? It's crazy. <laughs> um, unfortunately, my sis, K-Fraz, or uh, that's what I call her, but Karen Frazier, she's not feeling well. She's under the weather, so she's going to rest, and I'm going to totally destroy the whole show, you know, with Jessica for the whole two hours, so that's okay. Um, and our guest, by the way, is, this is kind of cool, Mark Anthony. He's the psychic lawyer. He also is the author of the book, Evidence of Eternity, Communication with Spirits for Proof of the Afterlife. So, Jess, how are you? I'm fantastic. You're fantastic. I like what she talks. When she talks, she does this little, you guys can't see it. She does this little <laughs> doot, 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 doot thing. It's so cute. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we had fun uh, last week because, well, we'll be on, you know, if you haven't noticed, which, you know, when there's dead air, you probably did. Uh, we weren't on, on for two weeks. But, you know, so I was kind of building up my energy. So if I seem a little, <laughs> that's because I've had a lot of energy built up. But uh, last week, was it last week? When um, uh, we got into the chat room to see what was going on, you know, of course, all, all we heard was like an open mic kind of thing and some <laughs> typing in and we heard like, you know, news and mute. And so, so Jess was, so Jess was in there in the chat room and so was I. So I just started typing out the Paranormal Underground radio show and then we did the guests and everything. It was great. You guys all missed it. Should have been there. It's great. Yeah, and it once had a whole show. Yeah, it was. And at one point, some, <laughs> somebody comes in named Mallard and it had a, like a duck like thing and he goes, Hey, so what show's on? I'm like, um, there's no show. There's nobody here. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go somewhere else. And he just disappeared. I'm like, a duck just came in and asked us what the show was. It was so cool. I don't know what that was all about. <laughs> do you, do you, I don't, I don't know. Who, I've never seen him on our, our, through our show. So I'm not really sure what that was all about, you know, but, um, anyways. So Jess, what's new in your life? What's going on in Canada? Anything? Uh, not not too much. Just uh, I just had some lady come up to me and tell her all about her near death experiences today after work, which was really interesting and mm-hmm. sort of a weird coincidence. <laughs> and, and that was the, is that that was the homeless lady you told me about, right? Yeah. Is it the one that had the heart transplant? Yeah. And she had a heart transplant, and and the the heart that went inside of her was of a thirteen year old boy that passed away. Correct. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, and she said that all her tastes changed. Like she liked chili peppers now, and like all this weird stuff that she never liked before. And she's like, "I feel like I can run miles." And my cat got stuck in a tree, and I was going to climb the tree, but then I thought, "No, I'm like sixty whatever years old. I shouldn't be climbing trees." Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and I, you know, it was crazy. Well, yeah, she said all this energy and stuff, and I was saying that. I I mean, this is my personal opinion. I don't know if it's correct or not, because you know everybody has their opinion. Uh, but it was like the 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 entity, or the spirit, or the soul of the boy connect, was connected to the heart. Now that it was inside her, it kind of melded with her soul, and there was kind of like a, a conglomeration of the two, I guess. You know, and it just made her feel young, and you know, she picked up some of his, um, like you said, tastes and stuff like that. I thought that was really cool, though. I thought it was very interesting. What's yeah, the chance to see you walking down the street and running into a homeless person? I'm telling you this story. You know what I mean? I know it was it was crazy, and like the whole time I'm getting all these 
goosebumps and like a, like her energy was just like wafting over me and my my coworker was like this lady is like her energy is so strong like I, like we're both like we were both just like almost speechless both had goosebumps and we're like wow this lady is something that's i think that was really cool though i think it was really cool yeah um I, by the way before i go any further i want to say hello to a couple of my friends that are listening i'm trying to you know get more listeners i'm not paying them or anything i'm just begging them to come on but um uh, uh melissa stubblefield is a new friend of mine through facebook she's a wonderful wonderful lady um and uh, she's listening right now and then christy bluter winchester hopefully she's listening her and i I've connected. She is a friend of mine from when we were kids, and uh, she went through a whole thing with cancer. And actually, she passed away, and then it came back. And now she has the psychic gifts. And so we connected, and she found out I was a psychic medium because she didn't know that. And so I'm helping her to kind of learn, you know, what it's all about and stuff like that. So I think it's really cool. So I just wanted to bring it to everyone's attention. Even, even, I know you probably don't care, but I wanted to tell you anyway. So. Um, so uh, let's get let's get to it, Cheryl. It's, you know that time it is, don't you? When the world gets weird and things don't make any sense, it's news of the strange and the odd. Yeah, okay, this is definitely some odd stuff, okay? I got some really weird ones here, okay? So here, here's the first one. Uh, title, this comes from Mr. Paul Seaburn of MysteriousUniverse.org as of July 4th, 2015. Uh, I get these from... Um, yeah, Phantoms and Monsters. Uh, it's a it's a website. It's really cool, and they they come from all over the place. So, all right, mysterious, mysterious crater opens in the beach, and snails come flying out. That is correct. Snails came flying out of this hole. Okay, so in North Carolina this summer, beachgoers feared the sharks. In California, they feared the strange blobs washing ashore. In Devon, England, they feared flying snails. That'd be correct. Flying snails. No, they didn't have wings or anything, but it, it's it's pretty interesting. Okay, so uh, a Crabby Point on Edmouth Beach in Devon, England, was closed. This week after a huge mysterious crater opened up in the sand. Huge as in 15 feet by 15 feet. That's a pretty darn big hole. Uh, mysterious uh, because water exploded out of the crater, sending snails high into the sky. If that's not scary enough, more holes appeared to be opening up nearby. Sunbathers and snails are both <laughs> and snails are both frightened. What happened on Edmonds Beach? expels snails out of the mouth of the mysterious crater. Like, what, why did that happen, basically? Mysterious crater on Devon Beach after it stopped shooting snails out and filling with water. The hole appeared just past noon on July 2nd. Kite surfer instructor James Dart was one of the first at the scene. He says, I looked over and there were big plumes of water coming out of the beach as it was bubbling up like a geyser. It was quite a tremendous sight. I got closer and saw plant matter coming up and a few snails coming out, too. So the National Maritime Operations Center sent in Coast Guard, which immediately closed off the area, popular beach with dock walkers and sunbathers. Uh, the council then sent in an engineering team, which greatly expanded the danger area out of fears that there was a massive chamber underneath. You know, they didn't want, like, collapsing all these people falling in there. You know, bad enough snails are shooting out. We don't want people falling in the hole. Um, after a time, the snails stopped flying out of the hole, and it filled with water, but other smaller holes began appearing, so the engineers kept people off the beach. So far, the only official comment from the city officials is... Heavy rain yesterday may be the cause of the holes, a natural phenomenon to have opened up, but it's still a bit of a mystery. Holes and rain are certainly natural phenomena, but what about flying snails, you know? No word of the Coast Guard or the engineers on what caused the geyser of water that launched the mollusk in the air. How could have, what would have caused, what do you think could have caused this thing shooting out of the ground? What do you think, Jess? 
Like I look at your yeah. face. You can see your I face. Oh, right well, that's weird. Could you? Isn't that weird? Just be like you're trying to get a suntan, and then bam, like covered in snail boogers. Yeah, snail bo- snail boogers. I didn't know snails had noses. <laughs> The snails have noses, people? I didn't know that. And they're like shooting. I, I, I would like freak out. I'm like, NNF, and it's a suntan. I was like, boom! All these snails are all over the place. I'd be like crapping in my pants, I'm telling you right now. Crapping that in my pants. That would be crazy. You know, some people would probably be scooping them up and going to boil them and eat them. I mean, you know, people Maybe. do like snails. I don't, I don't really remember cheap this. Cheap escargot or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say cheap escargot? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go. Okay, so we're like, talking about cheap escargot. Yeah, ew, that's gross. All right, so here's one for you. And this one was kind of like um, weird. Um, inside the Chinese boot camps designed to break video game addiction. Okay, so anybody who plays video games, pay attention to this. Because you live in China, you're screwed. Okay, pretty much screwed. All right. In China lies a rehab center for Internet addicts. The country has more online gamers, 368 million, than the United States has people. How's that for crazy? Perhaps it's no surprise that the Chinese parents, psychiatrists, and media often describe Weijin, or Internet addiction, as a clinical disorder, sometimes called digital heroin. It is said to afflict, afflict 24 million young people. The center in Beijing suburb, suburb houses 70 such patients, mostly boys, and is led by Teo Ran, a tough love former, former army colonel. While controversial treatments have been blamed for the deaths at these similar facilities, Teo claims his team's methods, which include brain scans and medication, have a 75% success rate. That's welcome news for panicked mothers and fathers who, raised before China's tech revolution, struggle to recognize the online lives of their children and for a government that fears gaming is yet another way for the Internet to corrupt young minds. Okay, so I like, I like, I mean, we're all on the Internet, right? We're on the Internet right now. We're doing a radio show. Um, and, you know, you have video games and stuff like that. Okay. I'm a little disturbed by the fact that people are dying from these brain scans and medication. But, hey, they got a 75%, you know, a success rate. So it's okay. Just just bury the other bodies. We'll be fine with it. I mean, isn't that a bit creepy? Is it me or is that, that a bit is, creepy? That's a bit creepy. You think? I mean, yeah. I mean, what would you think if your parents sent you to, like, okay, Jessica, yeah, you're playing too much of this uh, game here. We're going to send you to this little camp where they're going to put little brain scans on your head and shock therapy and all that stuff just to make you stop. I'd be like, okay, maybe I'll just not play video games anymore. <laughs> I think just the threat would be enough to get me to stop playing. <laughs> I know. I think it's kind of creepy. I mean, I mean, I don't really find it to be like heroin, for crying out loud. I mean, I play a video yeah. game. I can stop. I shut it off. I watch television or I go take a bath or whatever. I don't understand. I don't understand why they have to do that. I think that's, that's really kind of over the top, you know? I mean, I don't yeah, know. Like, it's just me. But I'm, people really that addicted to video games? Like, I don't I, know. Uh, well, I'm sure there are some people that, you know, can't put the, the controller down. But, I mean, most people can. Or even, like, if you're on the Internet doing Facebook and stuff, I mean, uh, I don't really think that, you know, it's like, it's not like I lay in bed and go, I can't go to sleep, man. I gotta keep doing Facebook and playing games. You know what I mean? I mean, at some point yeah. you shut down and you do your life. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's kind of crazy. All right. The last one I have is interesting because it's Earth heading for a mini ice age within 15 years. So this is kind of interesting and kind of scary in a little way. Okay. Scientists have calculated that much of the planet soon could be plunged into a decade long cold spell. This comes from Mr. Daniel Hyde of telegraph.com. Dot UK. 
All right. Uh, and by the way, the other uh, one from the Chinese came from James West of MotherJones.com. Okay. So, okay. So what they're saying is the Earth is 15 years from becoming from a mini ice age that will cause bitter cold winters during which rivers such as the Thames freeze over, scientists have predicted. Solar researchers at the University of Northumberland have created a new model of the sun's activity, which they claim produces unprecedented accurate predictions. They say fluid movement within the sun, which are thought to create 11-year cycles in the weather, will converge in such a way that temperatures will fall dramatically in the year 20, in the 2030s. So that's not, I mean, that's not that far away. Solar activity will fall by 60% as two waves of fluids effectively cancel each other out. Uh, in a presentation to an astral astronomy meeting, she said, uh, um, as Valent- Valentina Zarkov said, uh, she's a professor, said that the results were similar to freezing conditions of the late 17th century. Uh, in the cycles between 2030 and 2040, two waves will exactly mirror each other, peaking at the same time, but in opposite hemispheres of the sun. Their interaction will be disruptive or they will nearly cancel each other out. So either it's going to happen or it's just going to, you know, you know, cancel each other out. We predict that this will lead to the properties of a, they call it a Mardor minimum, I think I said that right, uh, indicates low sunspot activity, which is the name given to periods between 1645 and 1715 when Europe and North America experienced very cold weather. In England, during this little ice age, the River Thames uh, frost fairs were held. In the winter of 1683-84, the Thames froze over for seven weeks, during which it was passable by foot, according to historical records. A professor said scientists uh, have known about one dyna- dynamo caused by collective fluids deep within the sun. Uh, we found magnetic waves, components appearing in pairs, originating two different layers in the sun's interior. Okay, so it could be like climate change could undermine the last 50 years of health advances, which is kind of disturbing. Uh, loaves of bread <laughs> be uh, smaller in the future due to climate change. I'm not really worried about the loaves of bread. I'm more worried about the 50 <laughs> years of health uh, advance. Uh, polar bears have started eating dolphins due to climate change. There's one that's kind of creepy. They both have frequencies of about 11 years, although the frequency is slightly different and they are offset in time. Uh, this ha- has helped, uh, This is what could happen in the 2030s. Effectively, when waves are pr- approximate in phase, they can show strong interaction. Where, uh, when they are out of phase, we have solar minimums, which is the full phase separation. So they're saying, basically, in 15 years, we can get to where it's winter pretty much all the time. Um you know, I I don't understand why they had to put in loaves of bread. They're going to be smaller. Like, do we care if loaves of bread are smaller? Seriously? I mean, if you go from 50 years of health advance is going to be destroyed to, we're going to have smaller loaves of bread. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like one extreme or the next. But I mean, I mean, seriously, if you think about it, isn't it, that is kind of scary though. I mean, don't you think? If, I mean, I did mention Canada, but you guys are always frozen. So you guys don't care, do you? Yeah. I was going to say, we're already winter most of the year. We have like two months of summer here. <laughs> I know. It's like you guys are like in the ice age over there all the time. You probably have woolly mammoths walking down the street. So, um, almost. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> almost. So, uh, but I mean, what do you, what, what, what's your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on the fact that if that happens, I mean, we could just be in a freeze for like a, a very long time, you know? What's well, that, that would be crazy. But I guess the, the dumb people situation would sort itself out. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, wait a minute. Excuse me. So you're saying the dumb people would just freeze to death and we'd kind of clear out some room for smarter people? Is that what you're saying? Well, probably. It might be a good thing. Where did that thought process come from? I didn't even say anything about dumb people and you're talking about dumb people. Wow. Okay, folks. See, you think my brain is going crazy? Did you just hear what you just said? 
I'm sorry to all the people that are dumb. Well, if you're dumb, you probably don't understand it anyway, so never mind. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's pretty crazy. But yeah, I mean, I think that the, the, uh, the health advances are kind of, uh, that's what kind of creeps me out. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand crazy. how they're saying 50 years of health advances could be, is, is it because of the stuff they grow or make for the medication? I mean, I'm not really sure how they're probably like the antibiotics and stuff like that. They'd probably have to, manufacture them in a different way or something i don't know okay yeah i'm not, I'm not really sure so i mean and when, 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 since we're talking winter i mean when does winter start in canada for you when does it start mm, it depends but usually i'd say we i've we get snow like september october because there's usually snow for halloween you get snow in september that's when my birthday is you get snow in september and here's like I've, I've been camping in august and it snowed in August, we're like yeah. in the 90s right now, right I mean, here, it right now. It doesn't happen all the time, but uh, it's happened before. It's that's not like unusual. Right, that is just stinking crazy. Because I mean, yeah, because I mean, right now we're in the we're like in the 90s. We're dying over here. I know. Well, Cheryl in Tennessee, it, it stays hot until like I mean, wait. Do, well, you do get some weird weather there, but I mean, do you normally get real heavy winters or no? You talking uh, to me? Uh, yeah, I'm talking to Cheryl. Okay. Like. Oh. You know, no, for as far as Tennessee, I mean, do you get like heavy winters or? This past winter, well, it was my first winter here. Um, okay. Because I moved from California, but it was a very, uh, I guess it was a very harsh winter. There was an ice storm, which is yeah, that's right. not usual for this part mm -hmm. of East Tennessee. It has happened here over the years, but it hadn't happened, I think Chad said, since many, many years. Um, but it, this particular winter was very, very harsh. Well, yeah, and in Tennessee, they don't know how to. They don't have like salt and stuff like you do in Chicago and stuff like they that. They do, I mean. and they did use oh. it. Um, oh, but yeah, no, they they do use that here. Um, oh, okay. But it wasn't. Sometimes they wouldn't. Sometimes they wouldn't. I I really couldn't figure it out. Okay, I mean, I I know that Canada's got to have uh, serious, like you know, salt and stuff like that to deal with winters. Correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they. I know here they don't really do the salt as much, but they do like like gravel and rocks and stuff. And then like there's the plows that are out, and we always blow our budget for shoveling. Wait, they do they do gravel and rocks? They just like yeah. Well, that's got to mess up your like car tires and stuff like that. I mean, salt's bad enough, so I mean, you just yeah, drive on. Yeah, here it's all like gravel, like it's like yeah, like dirt and stuff that like sand. They don't oh. usually do salt. Like, we do salt on our sidewalks and stuff, yeah. but for the roads, it's like a big dirt truck thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big dirt truck thing, folks. This is how Canada handles winter. <laughs> dirt truck things. You know what? I find when you put sand down on ice, it really doesn't do crap, and you pretty much just start sliding all over with sand flipping up in the air and blinding you. I mean, it really and doesn't stop any. <laughs> the spring is so messy. It, 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 what do you mean the spring is so messy? What are you, what are you talking about? Because then just... all the snow melts and it oh, yeah. melts sand, mm -hmm. gravel, and it makes like slush mud. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, what do you do with all the rocks once everything melts? You have like 50 all over the roads. I mean, yeah, they, they can't like. like... A, they have street cleaners that come and like clean the streets after winter. Oh, okay. I was going to ask. Yeah. It's like, did I like just scoop it up with bulldozers? Let's go get the rocks <laughs> out till next winter. <laughs> what the hell? That would be really weird. I mean, here we have salt. 
they do salt. And, and, and it's funny, too, because we have, like, tons of salt. But sometimes they go, well, you know, we're getting a little low on salt, so we're not going to put some salt on for a while. So then in the meantime, we're doing donuts and spinning around on ice <laughs> because they're too cheap to put the stupid salt down. But, um, yeah, uh, that's interesting that they, they handle a little a little different. I just thought, you know, for sure, I mean, you guys, you know, because, I mean, I live in the Chi-Town area, so we're, we got pretty good serious ice storms and snow like you know 50 foot tall so um i just figured with you guys it'd be kind of the same so it's interesting now are uh, but now i have a question are you near are you near uh, the water or is that farther in canada i mean well i'm a province away you're a province away I'm in, I'm in i'm in alberta so bc okay. would be on the water and then i'm i'm in the pra- you're in the what in the prairies uh, you're in the prairies, like Little House on the, I'm prairie? In the prairie. Yeah, like Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> cool. So, um, so you're, or so you're not near the water. Then, in other words, so that's, so that's got to be better, right? Because I mean, it's not as cold in that way. No, we have, uh, we have like kind of dry, like dry coldness, if that makes sense. <laughs> it's not like humid here. It's it's more of like a dry winter. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, if you ever want to get some really good humidity, just come to the states. We can share it with you. <laughs> Because here it's like 90 degrees and 110% humidity. And you just walk around dripping like you took a shower like every five seconds. It's really bad. Um, yeah, that's really bad. So anyways, um, uh, I'm looking forward to talking to the psychic lawyer. I mean, to me, it's like that's like two separate things to me. It's like you're a psychic and you're a lawyer. I mean, I, I got to know how this works. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, you would think that the justice system wouldn't be too thrilled with the fact that some guy's saying, I'm a psychic, you know, but I'm going to be a lawyer. You know what I mean? No, honestly, you know what I mean? So um, I just, yeah. I, I have a lot of, see, I have like all these little post-it notes everywhere, like I usually do, right? Cheryl, <laughs> Cheryl knows about these. I have them everywhere. They're like along my my keyboard and up on the side over here. And um, But, you know, don't worry. I'll let you get questions in too, you know. So, <laughs> um, so we're going to do now, I guess, you know, let's just do now. Let's just take a break, okay? We'll get ourselves situated, and then we will bring our guest on, Mr. Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer. So right now you're listening to Paranormal on Radio in the dark on the Hazy Radio Network. We shall return. Hey, everyone, it's me, Chucky G, and I'm here with Karen Fraser. I'd like to invite you to join us on Hazy Radio every Thursday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific, 10 to midnight Eastern for Paranormal Underground Radio. In the dark with Karen Fraser and Chucky G. We'll be exploring the paranormal and featuring the latest in spiritual and metaphysical topics, as well as interviewing intriguing guests. So please join us every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern for two hours of exciting paranormal radio on hazyradio.com. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier from Paranormal Underground Radio. I'm here to tell you about my latest book, Pioneer Spirits, Investigating the Haunted Lewis County Historical Museum. In the book, I got together with Patty Valdez, South Sound Paranormal Research. SSPR has actually interacted with the ghosts at the Lewis County Historical Museum for more than seven years, and the experiences that I've had there as a volunteer and paranormal investigator have been significant. So I'm excited to share the story of the ghosts there with you. I hope you'll pick up a copy of Pioneer Spirits so that you, too, can know what it's like to encounter one of Washington State's most active haunts. This book is available on Amazon.com, or you can visit my website at authorkarenfraser.com. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground? Then tweet us on Twitter at ParanormalUG. 
or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground. There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today. Are you looking for a show that puts the paranormal in a different light? A show that shoots straight from the hip? A show where the knowledge of paranormal is number one? Then join Rick Hale, former co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio, for his new show, Common Sense Paranormal, where paranormal straight talk is what it's all about. Every Thursday night from 9 to 10 Eastern, right here on the Hazy Radio Network. You are a waste, a loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas and get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. Life in the Universe with Madeline Rudy. Discussing paranormal happenings in everyday life with psychics, healers, and intuitives from all over the world. Call in to receive healing energy and balancing. Learn how to create the most fulfilling life possible from healers, intuitives, and life coaches to help you move along your path in life. That's Life in the Universe every Tuesday and Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern only on the Hazy Radio Network. Hi, this is Amy Allen from The Dead Files, and you're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only. Hello, everyone. You're back with Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. In, in a short moment, we're going to have Mr. Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer, on to talk about all things psychic and his book, by the way. Um, I know that, Jesse, you said you're going to, like, fly by the seat of your pants on this one, but I have, like, lots of questions I want to ask him about, like, spirit guides. And, well, I don't want to give too much away because I want to uh, find the stuff out as we go along, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, Mark, are you there? I am. Hello. Hi, hi, Mark. How are you doing? I'm Chucky G, and I have my uh, fill-in co-host tonight, uh, Miss Jessica P. Uh, my normal co-host, Karen Fraser, unfortunately is sick, so uh, I got Jessica to fill in for me. She's done uh, some filling with me in my old show, so um, I'm excited to talk to you, dude. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I want to talk to you about your book, but I, I really want to talk to you about... Um, uh, you know, like your past where you kind of would go from backwards to forwards kind of a thing. Uh, plus I have a, uh, a maraud of questions because I am a psychic medium and I, and I'm learning as I go along, um, with my gifts. And so, you know, I have some questions that maybe you might be able to clear, clarify for me. So. Well, that sounds good. I think that, that, uh, make for a good discussion. There you go. You could be the professional and the amateur. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, um, my first question is, I mean, kind of like I, I read your, your bio, of course, like we all do, um, and you are a fourth-generation psychic medium because your, your family, uh, there's a family of psychics. Can you kind of like take me through, 
I mean, how did you first know that you had gifts? I guess would be my question. Or how did, you know what what was it that gave it away per se? When when I was about four, I started seeing deceased loved ones, and I'd start describing them. And my parents would sit down because the, and and observe because they could see them too. Oh, and, okay. and so they were really cool about it. They didn't treat me like I was weird or odd. And I'll, I'll never forget, uh, you know, uh, when I was about four, I remember I was going through all this, and my mom was watching me, and she goes, oh, God, <laughs> like that, like he got it. And, and I remember my <laughs> father saying, you know, Mark, you, you, can't, you can't talk about this outside of the house, but you can tell your mom and I about it. So they were very understanding, and it, I'm fortunate because – you know, um, Charles, I hear so many stories of our colleagues that had just absolutely hor- horrifying childhoods mm-hmm. because their parents didn't understand them or people treated them like they were weird or whatever. And I was fortunate that that didn't happen to me. Um, plenty of other people outside of the family treated me like I was weird, but at least at home, everything was cool. <laughs> yeah, that was my qu- next question. It was like, you know, because you're like saying, well, you know, uh, they didn't want me to like tell you all my friends and everything. I was like, at some point, I mean, it had to come out sometime, didn't it? I mean, with your friends or... Yeah, um, it kind of got around more about my mom because she was sort of the lady that knew things. And uh, I remember, and I write about this in, in my new book, Evidence of Eternity, I tell a story about when I was in college. My parents lived near the beach mm-hmm. in uh, in East Coast, Central Florida. And my fraternity decided to descend upon my parents' house uh, one weekend for, you know, just sort of a uh, – weekend at the beach and there were pitching tents in the backyard and you know and and all this and and uh, my parents were grilling burgers for all the guys and it kind of got around that well we hear your mom's a psychic and so mom sat down she goes okay and she started doing readings like one after the other and watching these guys their jaws drop and their pupils (laughs) dilating and they're like oh my god how does she know this and and uh it was hilarious it was hilarious so it went from being you know, they thought we were kooks to, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems to be the, the consensus of how things roll with the psychic medium because, you know, I'm just coming into my own now and, and they're getting stronger and stronger and stronger and I'm starting to understand how to, uh, you know, because I, re- I haven't read your whole book, but I have read bits and pieces. And one of the interesting parts I, I had read within the book was um, how you just have to let it out. Like, don't try to interpret it. Just like it comes out and it goes really fast. And you just, blow, you know, whatever, how crazy it sounds, right? So, um, yes. I like I liked that because I related to that when I was at work one day. Um, I had a lot of uh, people at work know that I'm a psychic medium, and so uh, I'm, I'm allowed, of course. So I ask, always ask permission. Is it okay if I read you when I go by? Because I'm just trying to learn, you know. And they're like, "Yeah, sure, no problem." So there's a girl named Nikki. I walk by her and I hear, "Ask her about the pigs." And I'm like, I'm not asking her about no pigs, you know what I mean? So uh, I just kept hearing, no, you have to ask her about the pigs. I'm like, all right, fine. So I walked up and I go, I'm sorry, this is really sounds really stupid, but something about I'm supposed to ask you about the pigs. And all of a sudden, for a minute, and all of a sudden, her eyes got really big, and she's like, oh, my God. She goes, I was at the zoo yesterday, and we were talking to the pigs, and we're thinking how much we love these pigs at the zoo. My kids were into the pigs. It was just a really weird uh, thing that happened. So um, I, I kind of kick out of the fact that, that in your book that was – one of the pieces because I felt much better that I wasn't the only one that was spurting out strange and odd uh, things. So, well, yeah, and, and you have to be careful about invading people's space. Yeah. I think that, that what you're doing by asking people that that's the proper way of going about it because 
you know, being an attorney, I'm always sensitive to ethics and yes. confidentiality. And there's a lot of people, particularly young and inexperienced mediums, that think because I can do this, that means I always need to do this and just thrust it upon people. So mm-hmm. let's say you're walking through, you know, Home Depot and uh, there's somebody there and you run up to them and say, you know, your dead husband wants you to know this. <laughs> and that's inappropriate to do because that woman, you know, may be there to pick out uh, garden supplies, not suddenly deal with her grief issues. Yeah. Or to just read people um, without without getting their permission, it is an invasion of privacy. So right. there is a, a code of ethics, if you will. And, uh, you know, it's like these TV shows that show like somebody runs into a laundry mat and says, hey, I'm a medium, blah, 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 and starts yeah. flinging a reading at them. And what people have to realize is that reality television is anything but reality. Correct. Because when you get 10 different camera angles, close-ups, perfect lighting, perfect makeup, perfect Mm -hmm. sound, that sequence took probably about eight hours to film. There is about a 20-person camera crew there, and everybody in that sequence has to sign releases. Then it gets edited down to a 90-second clip, and people think that that's somehow real. I mean, seriously, you're going to get just regular bystanders with no financial compensation to stand around for eight hours and get filmed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so that's, you know, so when I look at those shows, I like them because they bring a lot of things to the forefront and they make what we're doing more mainstream. What I dislike is that it gives people an unrealistic uh, viewpoint of, of what uh, spirit communication and psychic ability is all about. Yeah. Well, yeah, I always, always thought that, you know, from other uh, friends of mine that are psychics, that always make sure you ask, you know, permission first, which of course I would anyways. I mean, just logically, like you said, it's, it would be an invasion of privacy um, otherwise. So, you know, I don't, I don't read anybody unless I say, hey, is it okay if I tell you if they say no? I'm like, all right, that's fine, you know, and I just move on. Well, you know? yeah, I mean, if you're a dentist, you walk into a, a party and say, hey, let me do an exam and just, you know, jam your fingers <laughs> in somebody's mouth. You know, it's like, <laughs> hi, I work for the IRS. Mind if I audit you? you yeah, know, really. <laughs> That's hilarious. Just gonna grab their mouth and go, let's just see what your molars look like. You know what I mean? Hey, guy, dude, get your hands on my mouth. You know? Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, crazy. you know, people don't people don't think about those things. And, you know, just go up and, and imposing. And, and also, you know, a lot of people are scared of us as it is. Yes. You know? Oh, yes. Then when you I... me start knowing things about them, it's terrifying. You know? And yeah. And, uh, yeah. So so you needed to approach your ability with the reverence and with the respect because it is a gift and then people oh well you have a gift from god well you ought to do it for free it's like yeah well my auto mechanic has a gift from god because i can't change a water pump in my car (laughs) and my doctor has a gift from god as does my dentist Mm -hmm. and the groceries the food that that god allows to grow is a gift from god and it would be nice if everything in the world were free and we'd all join hands and sing kumbaya unfortunately the reality of living in the material world is quite different Oh my it, it, god! Yeah. <laughs> I I love you, man. That is so awesome. Thank God someone said it because it's like people go, "Oh, well, you have to charge as a read." Well, yeah, I have to pay my 
electric bill or I have to, you know, pay whatever. And I just can't do it for free all the time, you know. So yeah, I uh, mean, you know, oil from the earth is a gift from God, but I don't see Exxon handing it out for free. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and it's amazing, you know, because people are all like, "Oh, you should just do this for free," and it's like, okay, uh, well, what do you do for a living? Oh, well, I work in a store, and and you're in customer service, yes, and you help people, yes, and so you're very good at that, and your people skills are a gift from God. Please give me your boss's name and phone number because I'm going to call him up and tell him that you're going to work for free for the next five years because it's a gift from God. Well, that, I can't do that. And it's like, oh, all of a sudden when they're looking at it from their perspective, then all of a sudden they, they it's, it's well, no, that's not fair. That's not right. And yeah. what people need to realize, I know I'm making extreme examples here, but we all have gifts from God. Everybody in the world is superior to me because I can learn something from everybody in the world. So just because um, my skill set is a bit different doesn't in any way make me superior. It just makes me different. And once we realize that we can learn something from our uh, fellow brothers and sisters around the world, then that puts things, I think, in a, a better perspective. Mm-hmm. Now, now, now I have to ask this question because I'm sure you've asked it a million times, but I, I find it interesting. Um, I mean, I, I, I probably could use you because I'm going through a divorce right now, but uh, being a, a lawyer and a psychic, because to me, I, I see those kind of contradict each other and not, I guess, in a way that like, you know, the judicial system and stuff, you know, how, how do they like when you first started doing this? I mean, how did it all come about where you're like. You know, I'm a lawyer, but hey, I'm a psychic. I mean, did they, they think this guy's crazy? You know what I mean? We're not going to let him teach law or, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Oh, sure, sure. Well, it's part of my, it's part of who I am and part of my skill set. And when I got out of law school, my first job, I was a prosecuting attorney. I was, you know, I was a, and, and I worked for, for the state of Florida. And, um, for people who don't know what a prosecutor is, cause it's funny, cause people say, Oh, you're a prosecutor. Where do you get your clients? It's like, uh, I have one client, the state of Florida. The police <laughs> arrest people and I try to convict them. Um, and, um, well, it's amazing. People have no understanding of our legal system. Wow. Um, you know, it, it's, 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 it's very important that we understand that we have a very unique system where if you are arrested for a crime, you are presumed innocent. And it is up to the state to prove that you're guilty. Whereas in the vast majority of countries in the world, if you're arrested, you are presumed guilty and you must prove your innocence. And let me tell you, that's not an easy thing to do in Iran um, or Saudi Arabia or Russia or communist China and certainly North Korea, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so, so, you know, we have to, to look at our legal system, um, with, with some, some modicum of respect, flawed though it may be. But, um, when I, when I started working as a prosecutor, one of my responsibilities is, was conducting first appearances. Now, what a first appearance is, they arrest people. And then within 24 hours of being arrested, if they're not released or bonded out from jail, they have to appear before a judge. And so they'd bring the prisoners in, and I'd be sitting there with a a co-counsel, and the public defenders would be sitting at the table next to us. And somebody would walk up, and I'd go, that one's a DUI. That one's a child molester. That one looks like a a drugs. That one is is, a crime of theft. And my co-counsel would say, how do you know that before you've even looked at the arrest report? 
I said, well, look at him. He says, well, they all look the same. They've been sitting in the drunk tank all night, all that grungy, you know, I've been arrested <laughs> and haven't slept and, you know, look. And, and um, it got to be a game with my fellow um, prosecutors at first appearances. Let's see if Mark can guess what they're charged with before we show him the police report. And I was, like, scoring in the 90-something percent, and they're like, how do you do that? And I didn't tell them how I did that. I just would pick up on these type of things. Mm-hmm. And then certainly, and in, 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 I could go on and on and on with other stories, but that's kind of how it started. I started getting a reputation as this guy is kind of weird. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I had a reputation for being a very good trial lawyer, mm-hmm. um, and, and people are a little bit afraid of me. And then when it hit the news that I was a uh, uh, psychic medium, I remember I ran into a judge one time. Um, uh, you know, I was out at a store or something, and uh, he said, you know, all the uh, the cops that work in the, the courthouse are scared of you. I said, why? He said, some of them are even putting aluminum foil in their hats. I go, oh, come on, get out of here. It's like, you know, shut the front door, you know? And he said, no, Mark, really? They think that you can, like, read their minds and do mind control, and it's like, Seriously? Seriously? I mean, it's like, God, people have such a misconception uh, of what it is that we do. You know, mm-hmm. I don't go around probing people's minds, and I'm not Svengali or, or Rasputin. You know, mm-hmm. I have insights, and I'm sensitive to frequency and to the uh, appearance and the presence of spirits. I, I'm right. not mind-controlling, you know, uh, uh, you know, predator, if you will. <laughs> it reminds me of signs when you said the aluminum files. Like I was just picturing that movie in my head. It's like okay, um, and, and as you know, and if I could read people's minds, you really think a piece of aluminum foil is going yeah. to protect you? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You know, that's what people always tell me too. They're like, "You're reading my mind." I'm like, I, "I'm not reading your mind." That's I don't I don't know if that's even possible to read someone's mind. It's like that. I I just get information. And it comes through me, and I just deliver it, you know, like the phone. You know, I just take the stuff, and I give it to who he needs to get it to. So um, now, speaking of the police, when you're talking about the police, did you did you do like did you work with the police like on cases to find missing people, anything like that? You know, that kind of stuff. I've been consulted on on a number of cases, and what what people need to realize is that being a, a psychic medium does not make one all knowing and all seeing. Yeah, and you know, in all, in all seriousness, um, you know, I I can't just uh, divine up, and, and my ability isn't like texting or instant messaging. I remember I had this one lady. She calls me. And she goes, "I want you to find the ring that I lost." I said, "Well, I'm a medium, not a metal detector." Okay, <laughs> and, and you know, and I didn't mean to be you know facetious, but you know, people have a misconception about what this is, mm-hmm. and. Uh, psychic intuition is not admissible in a court of law because it is the very definition of hearsay right. um, because it can't be cross-examined. It's an out-of-court statement or impression offered to prove the truth of the matter asserted. Long story short, where we can come in handy is working with the police to develop leads for them and point them in the right direction because even inadmissible intuitive feelings and visions can you know put the police in the right place at the right time to secure evidence which is admissible in a court of law which can eventually lead to an arrest yeah it's funny you said that thing about you know like hey find my ring because i always have people go all right tell me what my grandma's secret code was that uh we had one before she died i'm like well 
you know, like, cause you know, like say for instance, she, she's coming through and she's not telling me that I, I, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? I, I can't just like spit the stuff out. You know, it's like whatever they're going to tell me is what they're going to tell me. So I think that's kind of funny that people would expect, uh, people expect that anyways. Um, so I have a, I saw something, uh, getting into the psychic area. Um, something about, you, you talked about a psychic gland and I found that to be kind of interesting. What did you mean by that? Um, I go into extreme detail about this in Evidence of Eternity. So without giving spoiler alerts, um, I just want to sum it up like this, that everybody in the world has the same basic physiology, and there is a part of our brain which scientists and uh, uh, people who are studying psychic phenomenon believe enables us to have the ability to be sensitive to the presence of spirits. And that's why everybody is capable of having a psychic or mediumistic experience, although that doesn't mean everyone is necessarily a psychic or a medium. And in other words, um, the example I like to give is like you and I can both swim, but that doesn't make us, you know, Olympic swimmers. Correct. Okay. And, you know, you could go right down the line. Uh, yeah, I can, you know, take a, a piece of wood and whittle a little bit, but I'm never going to carve a piece of furniture out of a, you know, a log. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so we all have differing abilities. It's just that some people are better at this than others, or maybe that part of the brain, uh, is, is more highly developed in some people. Right. So, so we all have that ability and there is a physiological basis for, um, spirit communication. And so what I'm doing in my book, Evidence of Eternity, and why it's different than any other book written by any other medium, is that it is explaining spirit communication based on scientific principles, theoretical physics, human physiology, and evidence. And I've introduced new terms and concepts to explain these things. Instead of the you know antiquated terms that were developed in the age of spiritualism during the victorian era i'm bringing our understanding of spirit communication into the internet age Mm -hmm. um, because our understanding of physiology frequency transfer and telecommunications is so much more advanced now than it was 150 years ago Gotcha. Now I see it. There's a question really quick in chat from bob uh he's asking have you ever had a judging court accept evidence produced by a psychic no, uh, because that would be hearsay. Right. Okay. It's that kind of thing. And, and, and here's the test for hearsay. I mean, you know, it's funny because people say, well, that's hearsay. Hearsay in, in law school, we spend a long time on hearsay. And okay. hearsay means that an out of court statement um, cannot be admitted into evidence. And the test for hearsay is can it be cross examined? If it can be cross examined, then it could, it is admissible. Now I'm making this very very simplistic because there's mm-hmm. you know some like twenty something exceptions to the hearsay rule, okay. uh, but um, unless you know you you know because you can't get on the witness stand and say well Abraham Lincoln popped in and told me this and blah, 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 <laughs> you know. Um, unless we get locked up, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, unless you get locked up, and, you know, there's people that that think that, mm-hmm. um, or you know, uh, they, they contact me for a reading says. And I don't want to talk to anyone, but this person, just get them on the line. It's like, okay, yeah, well, this is um, spirit communication, or as I describe it in Evidence of Eternity, interdimensional communication. It's not Verizon Wireless. (laughs) So you don't get, like, bars? Do you get, like, bars? (laughs) 
<laughs> I guess if I have a headache, I've got a bar or two missing. Oh, my God. It's like I'm only getting two bars. I'm sorry. I can't get that message right now. Hang on. It must well, be my... Uh, and and that, that's actually a good point because, you know, the bars on a cell phone or a smartphone are indicative of how strong the, the frequency connection is. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing when you're doing a reading for somebody and whether or not you have a good connection. And a lot of times it depends on the client, the person that you're doing the reading from. If you have somebody who's very, very negative or extremely grief-stricken, um, they're emitting a lot of negativity, which actually acts as a barrier. It's like, um, I like to use the analogy, it's like the, when the Starship Enterprise raises its deflector shields, okay? Mm-hmm. Or you get the people that sit there, go ahead, read me, read me. I don't think you can read me. Their arms are folded. And it's like, well, you're being so negative um, yeah. You are are creating a neg- negative energy field, which affects the ability to communicate. So, for the listeners who are interested in in going for a psychic or mediumistic reading, the best thing to do is to be as relaxed as possible. Uh, don't do any recreational drugs or alcohol the night before, because your brainwave frequency is crucial to spirits communicating and you drawing them in. And if you're on prescription meds, I mean, don't go off them. You know, but maybe you want to scale back, especially if they're sedatives or, or mood stabilizers, because there's three, di- the dynamic in a reading is there's the medium, there's the client, and then there's the spirit or spirits who are trying to communicate. And we want to make sure that all three are, are operating at, uh, you know, peak efficiency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I find that too because you know people always go, "Okay, I'm going to test you." I go, "Okay, this is not how this works. <laughs> you can't like because you're going to test me. You're not going to like." I had someone I was reading and they just kept looking at me and I go, "Well, does this make just say if it makes sense? Just shake your head, you know?" Because they wanted me to read them, but then they're not communicating with me. So I'm like, you know, it's sort of like when it's to me, I, I equate it to like you, you're going to call someone and you call them and then you don't talk to them and they're going, "Hello." Hello. Eventually, they're just going to hang up. You know what I mean? Or, so, or uh, they start arguing with you. Is is <laughs> like a, I I bring through a piece of information. I was doing a reading for a guy, and I said I'm getting something about the state of Texas. He goes, that makes no sense. Except I was born in Texas. So okay, that does make sense. He goes, yeah, but that that person, you know, the person spirit, she didn't know that. I said it doesn't matter if she knew it when she was alive. Well, how can she know it now? It's like you know. They know it when they're on the other side because they've transitioned from a finite material world being to a spirit with an infinite perspective, and they have access to a lot more information than mm-hmm. we do. Well, yeah. I don't understand that. It's like, how about instead of fighting with me, just listen and acknowledge <laughs> when the evidence coming through is accurate. Um, for example, I was doing a reading for this lady, and uh, she was very nervous, very nervous. And I said, okay, there's a male coming through, and I described him, and she's looking at me, and I said, I'm feeling a choking sensation um, uh, in my, my throat and neck. And I feel that prior to this, something he something was bothering him. It's like this weird hearing. He was hearing like this either buzzing or something, and there was this darkness in his head, um, which was like growing. Okay, and he was afraid of the dark. No, 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 no. That makes no sense. I go, are you sure? No, she goes, I just want to talk to my husband. He hung himself because he couldn't handle hearing the voices because he had a head injury that was really getting worse, and he was afraid to go to sleep at night because of the voices. It's like, that's what I just described. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) 
I feel so much better talking to you because I get this stuff all the time. They're like, no, that makes no sense. And then, and then you start saying it. It's like, that's everything I just said is what you just said. You know what I mean? I, oh, I don't my favorite was, I'm getting a name. It's a D name. No, no, his name was David. <laughs> it's like, okay, how much more of a D name can you get than David? It starts yeah. with the ends of the D, and then she started crying. She says, I'm sorry. I'm just so nervous. <laughs> and, and, you know, we have to realize, too, that, you know, you and I are used to communicating with spirits. We don't think it's weird. We're not intimidated or afraid of it because we mm-hmm. shouldn't be. And, right. and once again, you know, in the evidence of eternity, I'm trying to dispel the fear and primitive superstitious nonsense mm-hmm. that people associate with spirit communication. And so for folks that come to us for readings, this is not something that is in their realm of experience, so they don't know how to approach it many times, and they're afraid. I mean, I always give a bit of an orientation before before um, I do a reading to prepare them, but sometimes people are so caught up in in their fear and not listening, that's why it's important to be relaxed and open. Also... When you go into a reading, it's very important for the client not to have a set agenda, okay, because you'll be so focused on what you want to hear that you're not listening to what the other side is transmitting. Because mm-hmm. I've had, like, I said, all right, someone's coming through. I don't want to talk to him. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm not a bouncer, okay? I don't reach into the other side and say, you, 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 no, not you. Let <laughs> the spirits unfold, and they're going to come through as they were. Right. Um um, you know, anyway. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So what we're going to do now, real quick, I want to take a, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk some more because I just find you totally fascinating and extremely humorous too, by the way. Um, so, uh, we're going to take a break here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark on the Hazy Radio Network. Then we'll be back with Mr. Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer. Hey everyone, it's me, Chucky G, and I'm here with Karen Fraser. We'd like to invite you to join us on Hazy Radio every Thursday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific, 10 to midnight Eastern for Paranormal Underground Radio. In the dark with Karen Fraser and Chucky G. We'll be exploring the paranormal and featuring the latest in spiritual and metaphysical topics, as well as interviewing intriguing guests. So please join us every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern for two hours of exciting paranormal radio on hazyradio.com. Kristen from the Enlightened Circle. Join us Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, where we'll feature great guests, enlightening information, and spiritual healing. If you have questions about or for the universe, the Enlightened Circle is where you want to be. Tuesdays at 10, only on the Hazy Radio Network. Ranger Station. Yeah, hi. I'd like to report a bear sighting in the forest. Uh-huh. One second I'm having a smoke. Next thing I know, I'm face-to-face with Smokey Bear. Wow. And he told me it only takes one spark to start a wildfire. Did you know nine out of ten wildfires are caused by humans? I had no idea. That's why Smokey's famous and you're not. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. Doug, what you doing? I'm celebrating the new time slot for Periscope Uncensored. That's right. We're moving to 9-8 Central starting April 3rd. Yep. And with a party this big, we have to invite all of the Hazy Radio listeners. Uh, 
What was that? Oh, God, I think I partied a little too hard. Oh, Doug. Catch Periscope Uncensored Friday nights at 9, 8 central. Only on the Hazy Radio Network. Hey, this is Steve Bishabi from the Dead Files. You're listening to Paranormal Underground in the Dark. Hello, this is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. We're back on the Hazy Radio Network with our guest this evening, Mr. Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer. Um, I believe we have a question, Jess. Would you like to field that question for me? I will. Um, Mark, are you a believer in lives between lives and reincarnation? Absolutely. In fact, in um, Evidence of Eternity, I write extensively about reincarnation. I donated a chapter to that. And the reason that I did that, Jess, is my first book, Never Letting Go, is a guide on the journey through grief. And when I was on the Never Letting Go book tour throughout the U.S., people started asking me a lot of very profound questions about what happens when they die and and what's the nature of the other side. And reincarnation was one of the questions that kept coming up over and over and over. So I'm I'm very, very uh, honored to be able to write that chapter. Plus, I've spent years doing the research um, on that particular chapter. Well, there you go. That's a, that's an excellent that's answer. Good, yeah. Um, so okay. So let's let's we at the, usually when we're done with the interview, we we do like the website, you know, where you can pitch your your wares and stuff. But I want to talk about uh, public presentations and uh, things that are going on with you right now. W- w- do you have something big coming up? Or I, I do. I'm going to be on tour of New York City uh, the week after next, and specifically on Thursday. August 13th at 7 p.m., I'm going to be at the Om Namaste uh, bookstore uh, in New York City, which is at 226 East 14th Street, and that's Om Namaste. And if people want to find out more about that, they can either go to my Facebook page or they can go to my website, evidenceofeternity.com, and just click on the calendar of events. And at the um, at the event on Thursday, August sixteenth, what I'm going to be doing is a public presentation where I will be connecting audience members with their loved ones and spirit. And then, uh, um, you know, I, I normally start with an inspirational talk. Then I'll explain my process, and then I'll I'll be doing uh, readings for audience members, and then I'll be signing copies of both Never Letting Go and Evidence of Eternity for um, for the audience members. Oh, that's cool. Um, I I I have a question I, I wanted to ask. It's kind of like. Do you what do you what do you feel our duty is with the gifts that we're given? Do you think we? You know, I mean, I understand. You know, we we charge, and you know, just like anybody does, because we're we're doing a service, uh, helping people. But I mean, is do you feel that's what we're supposed to be doing with our gifts, or we we get to choose whatever we don't want to use them, or do use them, or do you think it's kind of like if we have them, we should be uh, putting them out there? Oh well, I, I think that not to use a gift. Um, a God-given gift is is a crime. I mean, not you know, not a crime that you get locked up for, but it's a complete waste of talent. I mean, that like saying, "Gee, you know, too bad Michelangelo wasn't a baker instead yeah. <laughs> of being a painter and a sculptor." Yeah. And too bad that you know the Beatles, you know, just didn't work in a factory in Liverpool. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's it's it would be a complete waste of of talent because the point of Spirit communication mm-hmm. is to prove that life is everlasting. 
through communication with discarnate intelligence, which is transmitting to us by frequency pieces of information, facts, data, personality profiles, uh, shared memories, things that there is no way we could possibly know and no way that we can discern through cold reading or, you know, visual clues or listening to someone's voice over the telephone. And I get the biggest kick out of uh, the cynics. I don't even call them the skeptics, the cynics, the atheists. We don't believe this. It's all, you know, gobbledygook crowd. And they have a right to believe that. I mean, they have a right to believe in nothing. Um you know, and stand for nothing, um, and you know, and represent nothing, nothing, uh, <laughs> <you know? laughs> and be as deep as nothing. nothing. Um, but uh, you know, people tell me, "Well, you're cold reading." So I was doing a reading for this woman, and it was over the telephone, and her husband's spirit came through, and I described him, and I said, "Octopus." He showed me an octopus. She goes, oh, my God. And that's always good when they respond with, oh, my God. Uh And she said, we used to live in Belize, and um, we lived on the water, and we would catch lobsters, and we would put them in this little pool, which was um, right adjacent to the canal that we lived on. And one morning, my husband and I came out. We're having our coffee, and we looked, and he says, oh, my God, look, there's an octopus had slithered up out of the canal, and it was grabbing one of their lobsters. And she said, do you think that's what he's talking about? And so I replied, well, unless you have another octopus story, I'm kind of thinking, yeah. And, and so, I mean, if I would have said, oh, a dog, a dog. All right, most people, you know, have dogs or have a dog story. But an octopus story, really? Yeah. So how cold read something like that? That is, that is so true. That's like when I, when I did the pig thing. It's like, you know, like I said, a dog or cat, I, I got 50-50, you know. We don't live in a rural area, so it's not like just pigs running down the street, you know what I mean? So um, I, I, that, I totally can relate to that. Um, now, I guess, how, like when you get messages or, you know, the spirits talk through you, how, how do they come to you? Because I know I, when I talk to different psychics, everybody gets a different way of how they do it. Like for me, when I, I get things, I get like mannerisms of the person, you know, like I'll do like a hand gesture or a head gesture or doing this or whatever. And that's what people just kind of go, Oh my God moments. I mean, how does it work for you? I guess would be my question. Uh, I see things, hear things and feel things. Um, I see things, uh, visual images. I'm highly, um, visual. So I get a lot of, uh, uh, visions, if you will. Um, then I hear things. I tend to get a lot of music. Um, the other day I was doing a reading for a woman and I started, I said, now I'm hearing the theme to Lawrence of Arabia. And she goes, Oh my God, my mother's favorite movie. And she used to hum that all the time, except she's, she made up words for it. Okay. (laughs) Now, once again, how do you cold read that? Um, and then, uh, feelings. I tend to feel how, um, people died, different medical conditions, uh, or, or, you know, if it was uh, traumatic, I will feel that. Um, I understand about the mannerisms. Sometimes, um, uh, and what it is, the spirit is overlaying his or her energy on us. They're not possessing us. What they're doing is they're connecting with our energy, transmitting information. And so 
we can emulate some of their behaviors at times or even uh, f- uh, get complete sentences and phrases and expressions that they've used. Mm-hmm. So we all receive information energetically and frequency-wise the same, but how we manifest it, process it, and interpret it, and then project it to the client, that's where our individual uh, uniqueness uh, arises. Gotcha. We have another question in chat, Jess. Okay, so Bob asks, going back to the past lives, um, have you ever been able to remember any of past lives? I have. I have. And and the hard thing about past life regressions um, is, is, is can it be verified? Um, I, I know there's this, this per, I'm not going to mention any names, but there's this one person that I know, and she goes around telling people, like this one guy, that he was St. Peter in his previous life, and another woman that she was Mary Magdalene. And it's like, really, um, how do you verify that? Okay, and out of all the, the, the six billion people in the world and the billions that have lived since 2,000 years ago, these two people happen to be St. Peter and Mary Magdalene, okay? And um, so so I take things like that with a grain of salt. But there have been several uh, cases, and mm-hmm. in the chapter on reincarnation and evidence of eternity, I, I go into two documented cases where people not only remembered past lives, but there was sufficient evidence to indicate that this had to have happened because there's no way they could have known these things. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that um, in another case recently about uh, there's a couple things that I've seen um, where there's this little boy who started talking about he lived in Hollywood during, I think it was the 1930s, and he even knew what his name was, and he was like some um, B-level actor. Um, you know, normally, you know, you'd say, oh, I was Clark Gable or Cary Grant. He was like one of the guys that maybe had, if he had a line, he was more of a featured extra. And he talked about how the guy died and, and, and all that. And his, his, his mother did the research and it was so detailed. And if you're going to make up a past life in Hollywood, why would you pick an extremely obscure actor? And then there's that other boy who talks about he was a pilot off of an aircraft carrier in World War II off Japan, and his plane got shot down, and he described where it was. And so they found a U.S. fighter jet at the bottom of the ocean right where he said it would be. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they reunited him with, uh, you know, he's a little boy, with uh, the survivors, uh, the surviving uh, crew members, and he knew things about them and their families that were extremely specific and detailed that a, you know, 10 or 11-year-old boy wouldn't even begin to to know. So when you start looking at um, cases like that, and and the the whole thing is, Jess, and and to, uh, I think it's Bob in the, the chat room, it revolves on evidence. You know, you can tell people, oh, in a previous life, you were Joan of Arc, and that's why you're afraid of lighters, okay? It's like, please, okay? Give me some facts and evidence. Oh, I like that. And you're afraid of lighters. Oh, that's classic. That's a classic one, Mark. I'm going to remember that one, I'm telling you. Um, So uh, I I have a question. I got thrown off with the lighter thing, but... um, I guess as far as like when we're talking about past lives and stuff, how do you feel about deja vu? Do you feel that that's that the deja vu is maybe us 
equating something to something that's happened to us in the past life, or you just think it's something that maybe seems familiar in the life we live now, or? The theory with deja vu ties into string theory um, and the timelessness of time, which is one of the concepts that Stephen Hawking um, has has put forth, but also the string theorists, even going back, uh, I believe, to like Einstein and Feynman, is that everything that has happened, is happening, and will happen is going on energetically at the same time. And so we are living in the material world. We're born, we grow old, and we die, so we tend to think of time moving in a linear fashion. You know, we read read from left to right. So if you drew a, a dot on the board and, and you would go from left to right and say that's someone's life, okay, and they start here when they're born and they die when they're 95 years old. But the fact of the matter is time does not move in a linear fashion. So what happens is due to the psychic gland in the brain, your frequency elevates and you tie into that energetic flow of the timelessness of time and you will discern an event that we would perceive to be in the future, which by our linear finite reckoning is what we determine to be in the future, but is actually um, an energetic impulse so that that when we actually come upon that event in our linear movement through what we perceive to be time, it appears like, oh, I've seen and experienced this before because energetically you have. Gotcha. All right, so I'm going to throw one at you now because I'm also a paranormal investigator. So I want to know your thoughts on EVPs, electronic voice phenomena. What is your take on us speaking to the other side or them talking back to us? What are your thoughts on that? You know, I'm really glad you asked that question because I the jury was kind of out with me on that until I was at a paranormal conference. And um, my manager, her name is Rocky, um, she was walking through, you know, they had the, um, um, you know, the, the big room where everyone has their stuff set up and all the paranormal guys had their EVPs and K2s and all that stuff. And I was, you know, on a, at another table and all of a sudden Rocky is walking by, um, this EVP and a voice started coming out and said, get Mark, get Mark, get Mark. And um, the the paranormal uh, investigator that was selling it says, who's Mark? And she goes, oh, my God. She goes, hey, Mark. And so I walk over um, to it, and uh, she says, listen to this. And all of a sudden I hear, love you, bro. And I'm like, oh, my God, I know that voice. It was my best friend who committed suicide two years earlier. And he um, used to always call me bro. And I go, Billy, and he goes, dude, and I go, and I almost, I almost fell down. Oh my you know, god! I almost fell down because it was his voice coming out of it. And the thing is, that paranormal investigator, he didn't know who I was. He'd never met me before. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this 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 conference was in Colorado. I had just flown in from Florida the day mm-hmm. before, and Rocky, she knew Billy too. She goes, "Oh my god, that's Billy's voice." And when she heard "Get Mark, Get Mark," she was so flabbergasted that she couldn't she couldn't believe that's why she said said get mark and because i said billy is that you and he goes dude that is so awesome so 
I, I'm a believer. <laughs> There's yeah. my evidence. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because you know what? I, I started off as a paranormal investigator until I realized uh, my psychic abilities were like drawing things to me. I'm like, how am I getting all this? Like, you know, and I was getting a lot of intelligent responses. Like, once we had, we were at some place and, um, it said, you know, it swore at us. Somebody swore at us. And my tech manager guy goes, um, I, I think that lady just swore at us. And then you hear the lady really loud and clear go, prove it. Just like that. And I started <laughs> laughing my head off. I'm like, oh my God, they just, they just, they just, it just blew my mind, you know? So, um, I, I, I just wanted to know what your, your take was on that because I, I do feel that a lot of times we do get the intelligence coming through. So, um, Jess, you have some questions you wanted to ask Mark? I wanted to ask you about auras and, um, like, do you see auras and, like, kind of maybe what are they and um, what are – because I know that in different cultures it can affect, like, the readings of auras because of the, like, um, symbology with colors and stuff like that. Wow, that's a whole show in and of itself. <laughs> um Okay, you ever look at um, depictions in Christian art? of Jesus, his mother Mary, angels and saints with that halo around their head? Yeah. What do you think that was? An aura. Exactly. And so there's nothing new about people seeing auras. Um, in, in the Hindu and Buddhist cultures, it's kind of a given. And in uh, the early Christian era, um, people who were emanating intense bands of energy and vibration, they would depict a halo around them to show that they had this special status. What we're beginning to see now is that I don't think that there's any, I don't want to say that there's nothing special about auras. I mean, yes, I do see them. Um, and that was something my mom and I used to do when I was like a teenager and in my early 20s. We'd like go out to lunch. We'd like read people's auras. You know, that was kind of our thing. <laughs> it was like you know, most people talk about what was on TV. We we're checking out people's auras. Um, but um, we have an energy field. Our brain, our heart, our neural network has electricity. And if you look at a light bulb, Okay, there's a, an intense glow around the bulb itself, and it's emitting waves of light and energy and frequency. Well, being energetic beings, we're doing the same thing. And when you start working with auras and noticing them, they fluctuate, they can expand, they can contract. Um, colors can emit from them. Um, but you've got to be careful with saying, oh, he's got a red aura, therefore he's angry, because uh, if you had one of our Hindu counterparts we look at red as maybe being angry. This is just an example. They may look at red as being something completely different, mm -hmm. you know, maybe more of a passionate color. And then just because somebody's emitting a green aura, um, there's green with envy. Okay, that's where that expression comes from. Um, he's a yellow belly. Um, people that are fearful emit a, a, a type of yellow light, yet in India, their interpretation of the color yellow could be completely different. Plus, there's many greens and many yellows. So your auras can tend to reflect uh, your moods. Also, um, people that are medical intuitives can scan an aura and see where there's a disruption in the energy flow through a person's body, which can indicate a disease or an injury in a particular area. I mean, I could go on and on, but but yes, I do believe in auras. Um, one thing uh, I used to do when I was practicing law full-time um, during mediations and negotiations, I used to read all my opponents' auras, and I, it was very interesting <laughs> 
the clients' auras tended to be very expanded and diffused because the people were nervous and 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 you know and so their aura is like it's like a wiggly pattern and the attorneys boy it was real tight and close cropped because they're like real intense and focused and so I could tell you know when people were intense I could also tell when people were getting nervous or I was getting close to a deal you know and I remember someone going you have an unfair advantage and it's like yeah well you represent Allstate you got millions of dollars you know to throw <laughs> at us you've got an unfair advantage so yeah really. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, um, all right. So let's let's touch on all the psychic tools that are out there because I want your opinion on this, like dowsing rods, uh, tarot cards, oracle cards, pendulums, these things, which I've dabbled in myself. Um, what's your thought on these things? They're assistive devices. Um, I think that you can probably do all of the things that those objects, because let's face it, a divining rod's a piece of wood, a tarot card's a piece of paper, okay? A Ouija board, which I do not approve of, is a piece of wood, okay? But it is the medium or the psychic who is the one that's reading the energy and tuning into the frequency, and I believe that Good mediums and psychics don't need assistive devices. However, however, let me let me not be so so you know um, strict about that. Like with tarot cards and divining rods and things like that, it may help people to channel their energy, and maybe the assistive device gives them the confidence to use their God-given ability to focus, channel, and um, and work with energy. So mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have a problem with that. What I don't like about Ouija boards is. You know, once again, it's a piece of wood in and of itself. It's not evil or negative or anything like that. But where do you buy a Ouija board? The the toy store. The toy store, yeah. Toy store. So what's the intention? Oh, it's a toy. Okay, and I've seen people at parties sitting there drinking wine and beer and and, uh, all kinds of things. And, hey, let's see who we can conjure up. Okay. That is not the proper way to approach spirit contact. I look at what I do as a sacrament, and I approach it with the reverence it deserves. Sitting there screwing around, getting drunk, um, um, you're opening up a portal. Now, I'm not one of the demon people that believes we're going to have an alien invasion by the Boltons or or the dark people or Sharknado or whatever, (laughs) but you could be welcoming in energies that are non-human intelligence and i don't mean demons because i don't i don't buy the whole demonic thing um but you're you could be enticing energies that don't necessarily have an agenda that is is consistent with working with spirits there's the elementals that that are more aligned with the, the animal and plant and mineral kingdoms and and things like that so for me a legitimate medium does not need a piece of wood to communicate with the other side mm-hmm. it's about aligning your frequency and doing it with the the um, highest of intentions to bring forth spirits that are going to present to the recipient messages of love, healing, and resolution. Okay. Well said. Um, Dreams and the spirit world, because this is one of the things that I'm interested in. Um, Let's see if I can ask this question correctly so it makes sense. Um, So dreams, are dreams our own? Like are dreams just our own thoughts and processes as our brains going 100 miles an hour or trying to sleep? Or is it both? Or, you know, can, you know, like... 
can visions come through or is it pretty much all just our own thought process? Well, when you work with neurologists, um, they'll tell you that uh, it appears that uh, dreaming has a specific function. It's, um, and, and I'm making this as simplistic as possible. It's kind of like vacuuming your brain out. Okay, because you know there's lots of clutter, gunk, uh, emotions, and things like that. And dreams seem to—it's like rebooting a computer when it's not working right. Um, okay. So dreams kind of do that. However, it is in the dream state, and this—and um, I do, uh, you know, talk about this in *Evidence of Eternity* in the chapter on interdimensional communication—is when we go from the beta state, which we're all in right now because we're conscious and you start to go to sleep into the alpha state and then to deeper sleep, which is the theta, it is theorized on the alpha-theta border is when brainwave frequency surges and therefore is then in alignment with the frequency known as the other side. And so that's why um, spirits tend to communicate with people in dreams and you can tell the difference between a dream and a visitation because a dream is that surrealistic nonsense where your brain is vacuuming itself out as opposed to a visitation which is coherent it has a beginning a middle and an end and it feels real and it's real contact with the loved one in spirit and that's the difference well, it makes a lot of sense. Now, I got a question, and I've had this asked of me too. Um, you know, like when when a spirit steps forward to come, like if it's like my father and he comes to visit me, um, and then he steps away. Um, what's your thought process of like where, when they come and they go? Where where do they go? Otherwise, is it just an infinite amount of different places they can go, or you know? Um. You know, I hate to keep saying in my book, Evidence of Eternity, but that's why, well, that's, that's why okay. I wrote the book. No, that's okay, yeah. That's why I wrote the book because when I was when I was promoting Never Letting Go, these are the questions people were asking. That's what I wanted to provide the answers. Yes. And uh, I've got two chapters on the nature of consciousness and one called The Collective Consciousness Disconnect. The okay. other side is a collective consciousness. So think of your spirit, your soul. I use the term soul and spirit. Uh, interchangeably, mm-hmm. um, who and what we are, our memories, our feelings, our likes, our dislikes, our personality, um, that's what we take with us when we die. What leaves behind is the um, mental or physical ailments and, and negativity. So when your consciousness separates from the body, think of a drop of water plunging into this eternal sea. So now you're interconnected with all other, all kinds of other spirits and, and frequencies and dimensions. So now you're part of this collective consciousness. However, you can disconnect from it, and even in that collective consciousness, you maintain your own individuality, and that's God's gift to all of us. So we're able to disconnect to that, um, to communicate with people here, see what's going on, or work with other spirits. And this is my understanding of it, and as uh, the spirits have communicated with it, uh, you know, basically what they told me is, yeah, that, that'll do for, for your understanding. It's like I'm a kindergartner trying to understand Einstein's theory of relativity. <laughs> and, yeah. and that's, that's you know, how they analogize it is that we're all interconnected, yet we maintain our individuality. And we can disconnect from that collective mind when, when we need to. Okay. Jess, do you have a question? Um, 
Yeah. Um, what are what are your opinions about like spirit guides and guardians and stuff like that? Oh, we all have them. We're all energetically interconnected. And it's funny because people always say, is there somebody around me? And um, in England, I was uh, studying with mediums, and it appears that, um, you know, the term or concept of a guardian angel, let's call it your main guide, it could be a human or an angelic entity, is with you from the time you're born until the time you're, you die. But you tend to have another group of spirits around you that are working with you uh, for various things or connected to you, and they'll come and go. Then, around them, you may have other spirits that are working with them. You may have some angelic entities, maybe what they call the ascended masters, which are these multidimensional beings called Jesus, archangels, whatever. And then your family and friends and and uh, um, and, and other people that love you that pop in um, occasionally, which means that at any given time, any one person may have 50 or 60 spirits, somehow tethered to or connected to them in one form or another. So I always get a kick out of when people say, are there spirits around me or is is my loved one on the other side alone? Not that I get a kick out of, of that, but nobody on the other side is ever isolated or alone, and certainly none of us are either. Right. So there's a question in the chat, yeah. Jess? Yeah. We have another question from Bob. <laughs> he is wondering, um, as a psychic, do you feel that there's just as many spirits um, as living people on our plane? That's a really good question, Bob. In fact, that was posed to me recently by a doctor when I was visiting L.A. Because there's people who say, oh, they don't buy reincarnation because there are more people alive today than there have existed in all of human history. But then you're also assuming that our dimension is a closed and sealed unit and there's only a given number of spirits. Okay, And you're also putting a limitation on the creative power of God in that line of thinking. My understanding is that when we're done, we go through a succession of lifetimes here, and when we're done, then we move on to another dimension or another planet is, is how they've, uh, and I don't mean to sound like, you know, all airy-fairy, but this is what's been communicated to me. And the fact of the matter is this is not a stagnant dimension that spirits come in from other dimensions to experience lifetimes and, and incarnations here and to learn things and then move on to other dimensions. So the fact that there's 6 billion people alive today and projected to be 9 billion in the year 2050 is of little consequence because we're dealing with infinity and the multiverses. That's that's a that's a lot to wrap my brain around right there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's real hard because we can't you know, you and I, uh, no human being can comprehend infinity. Right. All right. Because our brain, which is is what limits our infinite spirit for a purpose. Okay. Think of your body as a bottle, and the brain is the stopper in the bottle. Okay. And the brain is an organ which is designed specifically for a finite material world perception. Mm -hmm. Because once the brain and the body dies, that cork is released and the infinite spirit reverts to its immortal self. And then we're all patched into the collective consciousness of the other side. Because we are experiencing things in the, in the material world that you simply cannot when you're in an infinite state. Um, they don't get old, they don't die, they don't get sick, um, there isn't the, the victimization and the negativity on the other side, 
that happens here. So for whatever reason, we come into these incarnations to experience these things because it seems to enhance whatever whatever we're going to be doing once we revert back to the other side. And it's really hard to grasp that because we're not designed to be able to comprehend infinity. We understand it exists, but understanding that it exists does not mean comprehending what it is. Right. And like, and when, like, for, all right, here's a question. So when people pass away, whether they're good or they're bad or, or evil, cause there, I believe there's evil on the planet, you know, I mean, as far as people are murderers and such. Yeah. When, <laughs> you know, when they, when they, when they, when they pass over though, does it change for them? Do they, get a second chance do they uh, you know what i mean or or do they stay the same or is there a choice what's your thoughts on that well the evil people and i do believe in evil and uh recently it was funny when i was in colorado i was talking about um you know and and i am a lawyer and i'm a criminal defense lawyer and i've been a prosecutor and i was referring to the, the the guys that started the boston marathon you know as scum and that creep that shot all the people in the movie theater is scum and the 911 hijackers is scum and this one lady said oh you can't judge they're here to you know there's uh, there's another way of looking at this excuse me Okay, you may want to, you know, eat granola and and sing kumbaya and think that uh, that you know that that you know we have to be all you know loving and all that. But you know, you tell that t- t- tell that to the parents of that eight year old boy at the Boston Marathon whose legs were blown off. Tell that to the families of the four Marines that were gunned down by some religious nut job. Tell that to the family members in Aurora, Colorado, uh, of these people just went to the movies and some psycho nut job has to go shoot them. If I'm being judgmental, too bad, because some people in this world are evil. Evil exists in the material world. And so a person who commits evil acts here, when they die, when they... transfer to the other side that does not necessarily mean that they're evil because the mental illness or or that negativity is what dies with the body however they don't get a free pass because mm-hmm. there's balance and justice there's levels to the other side there it's like a whole spectrum they don't necessarily go into the same level that gandhi or mother Teresa might be hanging out at they're going to be in a level that's farther removed from the light and they're going to have to return to the material world and they're going to have to reflect upon what they've done once they transition back to that eternal state so it's, it's quite complicated but the one thing that has been made perfectly clear to me is Everything you do comes back on you. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And so if you do negative things in this world, there are consequences for that. Nobody gets away with anything. And that's why I always tell people, do what all the religions teach you. Be nice. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a here's a, a question that's in chat. Which is interesting. It says, Jessica, Chuck, or Mark. Well, we're going to give it to you because you're our guest. So... Uh, it says it's a deep question. It says, curious, is the why you believe in the afterlife versus live and die without anything more? Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Does the word duh mean anything to you? Um, uh, read my books. <laughs> yeah, really. yeah. Next question. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I have a question, though. I want to know. Let me back up. Let me back up. Yeah, it's okay. I'm, ask that. I'm just right. making jokes right now. I know. The reason that I believe this 
is because I know it to be true based on the at least 10,000 connections that I've made to people with loved ones on the other side and the things that I've seen and I've experienced the other mediums I've interacted with in my lifetime search in the quest for understanding the afterlife. So I meant no disrespect to you. I mean, it's just funny because people, well, why don't you believe, why do you believe in an afterlife? Because I know it exists. Okay, because yeah. the things that come to me, there's no way that I can make them up. Um, and I've seen how generationally in my family there have been gifted people who have been able to communicate with spirits. I mean, the things that I've seen and experienced, um, sometimes I take a step back and say, wow, um, that's that's mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. So I guess, uh, well, we're almost to the end, but I want to ask this question. Do you read? Do you like? Do you read your own path? Do you look into your own I found that I can't really read myself, and in fact, every psychic I know will tell you the same thing because Thank we you. can't read our own energy, okay? Because okay. um, you know that's our vibration, that's our energy. You know, people say, "Well, why can't you?" It's like, "Well, if you needed to have your appendix taken out, would you do it yourself, or could you?" <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> I never really equated it to that. That makes so much sense. Thanks for clearing that up, Mark. Well, sure, sure, you know. Uh, you remember that movie, Castaway, with uh, Tom Hanks? Yes. It's on the island. And he got Wilson, the, the, yeah. The, yeah, Wilson, and he's got the, yeah. uh, the the sore tooth, and he has, you know, he knocks his tooth. I mean, I almost came out of my seat watching him, him do that, okay? <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I know I'm digressing, but but uh, you can't read your own energy. It, it has something to do with frequency, but you can read the energy of other people. Okay. Um, also, you know, it's like I don't necessarily know if I want to know everything that's going to happen to me. I kind of like, you know, seeing what happens next. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I, that was funny because someone asked me that question, and I was like, I, I, did, I can't for some reason. Like, I could do other people, but I can't. So I thought maybe it was just me, and I was dysfunctional or something like that. No, so. we're, we're all like that. You know? Okay, good. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for clearing it up. All right. Well, we we got into the end of our interview, but I, I want you to go ahead and tell people where you, they can get your books, find out more about you, uh, anything you want to share with us. You just go right ahead and share. The floor is yours. Sure. Um, my website, Evidence of Eternity dot com. Uh, we'll tell you about how you can buy my books online, but Evidence of Eternity and my book Never Letting Go are available at all fine bookstores nationwide, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, the mom and pop shops, um, and you can go to the media room on my website and you know see interviews of me on TV and public presentations, but I also encourage anyone who's coping with the loss of a loved one to visit the grief management section of the website it's a free resource open to everybody to give you coping strategies if you're interested in booking a session with me same thing on evidenceofeternity.com uh, there's a page for that and you can also through my website click on the the facebook logo and twitter and follow me there because that'll keep you updated on my book tour i'm going to be in new york city the week of august 10th through the 14th i got an event on thursday um Thursday, August 13th. In September, I will be in Arizona. Um, I'll be in Tucson on television, and then I'll be at the Afterlife Conference in Scottsdale. It's, I think, the third week. And I believe I'm going to be in Seattle in October and Las Vegas in November. Wow. Well, you're a busy guy then, is what you're trying to tell me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm real busy. <laughs> I travel a lot, and uh, um, but you know, I really love what I do, and I love traveling around the country and seeing all of, you know, we live in a great country, and yeah. 
and uh, sadly the 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 equalizer is death and my mission is to help people understand that god exists heaven exists our spirit is an immortal living being we can communicate with those spirits and that when it is our appointed time to leave the material world that we will see our loved ones again well i have to say it was a it was an absolute pleasure to talk to you um I, I think you're uh, very knowledgeable, uh, and the way you present the information is just so easy to understand. And I like your sense of humor, too, Bob. Uh. <laughs> well, you know, when you're a lawyer that sees dead people and coming from an <laughs> Italian family, if I didn't have a sense of humor, I'd probably just spontaneously combust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Mark. I want to appreciate it. Uh, you have a really awesome night, okay? Thank you. God bless you. Right, God thanks. bless you to all the listeners. All right. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it, folks. Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer. So, Jess, what'd you think? What was your what was your thoughts? I thought it was a great show, and he is wonderful and answered a lot of questions and is super smart and funny. Yeah, I like the way he equated things. Like, you know, you wouldn't take your own appendix out. I'm like, no, I would not do that. No, uh, <laughs> but it felt, it felt good to listen to some of the answers because, I mean, me you know, learning how to deal with my gifts and stuff. I, a lot of the stuff I thought, man, am I crazy? Like I can't read myself. And, um, it was just so many things I could relate to on a personal level myself. So I, I, I found that really nice, you know, that's not supposed to use the show for my personal gain or anything like that, <laughs> but you know, I mean, why not? Right. Exactly. So, but, um, hi Cheryl, are you there? Are you alive? You just been sitting there like I'm intently here. listening to the show. I'm here. Yes. Yes. I was intently okay. listening to the show. It's fascinating cool. discussion. And uh, it just, the time went by so quickly. It's already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm like, I just scraped the surface. I have like all these post-it yeah. notes and I, I got through some of them, but not all of them. So, <laughs> well, um, I, but I, yeah. you know, plus I don't want to ask a lot too much because I don't want to give the book away because seriously, I started to read it. And it's like, it's such an easy read. I, I'll be able to sit down. See, look, and I'm not lying. You can see it right here, folks. No one else can see it. <laughs> except for, but I got except it. We can see it. So I, yeah, very pretty. <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to, uh, I'm definitely going to sit down in the next couple of days and just rip right through it. So, um, good. So he was in our, uh, which issue of the magazine is he in? The new uh, one, right? Mark was on the cover mm -hmm. of our July issue of Paranormal Underground magazine and he cool. did a QA for us. So check that out. Um, you can go okay. to paranormalunderground.net and, uh, check it out there. And okay. hopefully by this weekend or next, I will have our online magazines um, available on issue.com for an online preview. The ones on our website, you can uh, order a PDF and have that emailed to you. But we're also updating our catalog on issue.com so that anyone who wants to just go read it online can do so there. Nice. Very nice. So, Jess, did you enjoy being here this evening versus just being in the chat room? Is it like a little Hello Kitty thing? Yeah. <laughs> so much fun. I know. I, your mom, why does your mom just keep getting booted out of the chat room? What's going know. on with it's that? It's like somebody trying to hack my mom. Well, cool. why, why are you trying to hack her? Why, why would they try to hack her when she's just in the chat room trying to listen to the show? I, don't I know, that. and they can just get their own name. Come on. <laughs> They're messing with us in the you chat tell room tonight. Tell them. Now's your chance. You're on the air. Tell them. Yell get it out. Get your own name. There you <laughs> go. Did you hear that? Yeah, did you hear that? We're going to come so, and find you and throw gravel on you. 
So I hope, <laughs> I hope Jessica mom's mom comes back and she's not scared off because she got hacked in the chat room tonight. But uh, <laughs> it's just gonna sorry, go. I'm never that. listening to a show again because <laughs> I got hacked. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think sometimes it's just the spirit energy within the show just kind of gets all the chat room all crazy and stuff like that. So you know, Skype held up really well tonight because you know normally we have that little issue here, a little issue there, but um, it actually held up really well. I kind of like this. So who's our guest next week, Cheryl? Next week, let's pull up the calendar real quick. Mm. We have let's pull it up. a, a return. Well, she's not a returning guest. She actually was scheduled a couple months ago, but had to cancel at the last minute due to personal issues. But she, thank goodness, was able to come back next week, August 6th. And mm-hmm. her name is Nicole Strickland, and she is the founder and case manager of San Diego Paranormal Research Society. She is also the author of... Uh, many different titles but one of them is the haunted queen of the seas the living legend of the rms queen mary so she is an expert on the queen mary and the ghostly activity there i am so excited about this see because i like I, i like you know of course i like spirits because they talk to me all the time but i mean i like that aspect but i love like haunted ships and stuff like that because i find that interesting uh how that works so yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to this you know, because yeah. I always wanted to go on the Queen Mary. Of course, I, I probably never will because it's too far away from don't, me. Don't you know? say that. So. Don't say that. You you'll be on there one day. It's really the Queen Mary is really a fascinating place. And mm-hmm. um, I was actually born in Long Beach, not far from the Queen Mary. But um, Chad and I have been there several times um, for the for the little ghost tours they have. You know, they have a four hour ghost tour there. And we've yeah. been there several times, and it's just, it's a really intriguing place. And um, the stories that I've heard coming from the ship with the paranormal activity, is it, it, it's just, it's almost like so, like, condensed, you know, a lot of energy in there that it just, a lot of people have experiences, at least that I've heard. So we had a, a couple of things happen. Not sure if it was paranormal, but we left the room. We were certain the TV off was off. We came back. It was on. Of course, you know, we can't really say for sure what that was. Um, really? But yeah, but we were pretty certain it was off. Um, and uh, Chad had some experiences on the ghost tour. So it was. It's it's a pretty interesting place, the Queen Mary. Gotcha. I'm watching the chat room right now. What's Uh-oh. going on over there? Who's, who's bunker? Who's bunker goo? Chill, dude. Chill. Oh, it's <laughs> it's Jessica's friend. Uh-huh. So, anyways, um, well, in Canada though, 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 wait, in Canada, don't they have like um, haunted ships that happen out there? I mean, isn't, aren't there like? The lore of Canada, as far as because it's a maritime, you know, well, not by you, but uh, farther in. I think on the east coast, like in Nova Scotia, there's like the harbor or something that because there was like a ship that I'm probably getting this wrong, but there's probably I think it was like a ship that either exploded or crashed or something, oh, something in the harbor, Halif- and it's still Halifax? the harbor's still like polluted and stuff. Yeah, I think it's Halifax. Halifax. Yep. Did you say? Did you say ship or shit? Ship. Ship. Okay. With a, I'm sorry. With a P. Well, I thought you said the other thing. I was going to say, ew. Floating poop. Haunted floating poop. That'd be interesting. Yeah. I know. Cheryl doesn't even know how to respond to that. I, I like don't. when I just say something. She <laughs> says, I don't know where this guy goes. He just leaves us and then he comes back. It's like a spirit. I leave and I come back. Yeah. That's okay. See, no, but yeah, I think that's here cool. on the. 
here yes. on the West Coast, we yes. more have like Bigfoots, big feet, Sasquatch. <laughs> I don't think it's big feet. Big feet. <laughs> Josh, you're making up terminology now. We have big feet in Canada. Really, we have a big foot over here. <laughs> then it doesn't make we sense because really, people. well, yeah, because you think about a big foot. He has more than one foot. He has feet, right? So I think your terminology is correct. We should say just big, big feet. feet. Yeah. Right? This is what right. I've been trying Otherwise, to Otherwise, I picture like this poor handicapped Bigfoot running around with one leg and I'm like a pole yeah. or something, like a pirate, you know? I am a Bigfoot. I am a Matisse. There you go. I'm going into the pirate thing right now. So you have lots of Bigfoots out there yeah. in Canada? A? Do you say A? Yeah. yeah. I never heard you say A. <laughs> Either. I don't understand why I talk to people in Canada. I don't want to hear them say that, and they never say it. I don't understand. Yeah, we just don't a... actually say that. <laughs> Seriously? That's like no. a myth? That's the legend of Canada? Yeah. We don't oh. say A. We don't have pet beavers. We don't live in igloos. I'm sorry. <laughs> pet <laughs> beavers? Ruin your dream. You... <laughs> I never, I never awesome. thought you had pet beavers. Where did that come we from? don't people ride are... a polar bear to work. It's you don't? <laughs> Oh man, Sorry. you're just you're spoiling the whole thing. Now you're gonna tell me Santa Claus isn't real, aren't you? Aren't you? Oh no, Santa's real. Oh thank God. Alrighty. Well, you know, maybe he has he a pet fever. He lives in Canada. His address is in Canada. Did you know it's, that? What? No. Santa Claus's address is Canada. Santa is a Canadian. Are you sure? Uh -huh. I'm pretty sure he's uh -huh. an American. Uh uh. I'm no, it's his. It's yeah. No, when you mail your letters to Santa. Santa. Santa? Yeah, see? Santa. Trying to steal our Santa away from us. Santa. Santa. He's the Canadian Santa. No, wait. When we mail stuff, it goes to you guys in Canada. Yeah, There's a like, conspiracy yeah, like, going on here. It's like one, two, three or something. Ho, no. Ho, like North Pole's Canada. What? Yeah, it is. No, the North Pole's not in Canada. What the hell is going on? Is. Oh, I'm sorry. If there's any children listening, I am really sorry because this is, this is don't listen to her. It goes to the North Pole where it's cold and they have polar bears and elves. Don't don't listen to her. No. I like the pet beaver thing. I never even thought about that. Really, people thought you had like that's a myth or something. They have pet beavers. Well, that was know. like one of those. Uh, I don't know. I think it was on like a commercial at one point where it's like uh -huh. you know. Canadians have pet beavers, and we all live in igloos, and we all say A, and, you know, this Well, I always thought you said A, but I'm sorry. I, I, I apologize <laughs> for the ignorance of the American. But, you know, like I, I live in Chicago. We, they think we all walk around with Tommy guns. You're a mobster. It's like, oh, for crying out loud, you know, this isn't the roaring 20s, okay? We don't walk around with machine guns, okay? We don't have, like, mob hats and suicide doors in our cars. and No, it's just not uh, how it is, you know. I know. I'm sorry. See, I spoiled your fun as much as you spoiled mine. Because I was hoping you had a pet oh, beaver. Because I wanted to see the pet beaver. It would have been cool. So, um, so we have next week. We have the lady for the Queen Mary. And do we have yes. anything like? For, what's the next one after that? Do we have? Uh, can we? Yeah, can we, we do. August, that August 13th. Jack Kenna will join us. He's an investigator oh. with Spirits of New England and Rensselaer Paranormal Research. He has also done um, a couple of issues issues um a couple of uh segments on um oh my gosh now i just blanked out is it paranormal survivor i believe is the tv yeah, show yeah so, yeah, yeah yep so yeah, I, he can oh, tell us about cool. that as well that's cool well you know when i talked to him it was confusing because it's like mm -hmm. his name's john parentheses yes. jack right yeah so i'm calling jack and he's like well my 
My real name is John, but most people call me Jack. I'm like, all right, now I'm totally confused. How, why would you, if you're John, be called Jack or Jack or John? So I'm like, well, what do you want me to call you? Because we were talking about that one time when he yeah. did the article on uh, our group, and I was like totally confused. I'm like, is Jack. It one? They're both J's. It's I mean, Jack. You know, Just Jack. Jack Kenna. Yeah. You know, when I first hear his name, I think of like, I want to think of the guy that used to be bringing the animals on to Johnny Carson. What was that guy's name? He used to bring oh, the animals on. And- Jack Hanna. Yeah. Thank you. There you go. That's what I think of. Every time I hear his name, I go, oh, he's going to bring an animal. He's going to bring a pet beaver. But no. Yeah. Yeah. I love that guy. I used to watch yeah. like Maury when he was on. <laughs> I love that. You know? See, someone in, someone in the chat, was it Bob? Someone just said that their boss used to end everything in A. And for you in Canada, see? So some people do do it, but you just don't. There you go. Maybe beavers yeah, do that. It, Maybe it, beavers are not going, hey, it's, mm-hmm. it's regional. Like not, not all Americans say y'all. And all y'all. <laughs> no, not unless you're by Cheryl. <laughs> see, yeah. there you go. So not all Canadians say hey, y'all. Why do they think all Americans go around talking like Southerners? There's Southern, Northern. I mean, hello. We have different parts <laughs> well, of the Well, see, it's the same thing with A. We wow. have different parts of our country, too. Do you hear that sound? That's just me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's awesome. I really had – I really – whoa, you're getting sassy there. I really think the time that you you came on, I really do appreciate you um, yeah. filling in for uh, uh, Miss uh, Karen because, you know, she wasn't feeling I ho- – I'm hoping she's feeling better, you know. Yeah, and it's me funny too. It's because Cheryl goes, oh, you know, Karen's sick. And I'm like, what? What? Because what's funny is I just talked to her yesterday. We just Skyped yesterday. We were talking and stuff, and she was fine. That's why I was, like, totally confused. So, But uh, well, hopefully she'll. Well, I enjoy it. So anytime you need a fill-in. Uh-huh. Okay. Fill in. <laughs> you can pick on me. Pick on us as Americans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we're going to wrap up the show this evening. I really did have a good time, though. I hope everybody enjoyed Mr. Mark Anthony because – uh, the dude is funny. He just cracks me up. Some of the stuff he said just made me laugh my butt off. I'm like, this dude yeah. is cool, you know? <laughs> so, so cool. yeah, it was very, hopefully it was very enlightening for you all. There you go. Y'all. Yeah. It was all, <laughs> y'all. Eh? <laughs> and you'll come back next time because you're listening. Have a great to- time, eh? <laughs> do you have a great time, eh? All right. Well, JP, it was always fun to, to be on here with you. I do. I love you. It's awesome. All right, so we're going to sign off now. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. You're listening to Chucky G and Jessica P on the Hazy Radio Network. Good night, everyone. Good night. If you'd like to be on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, email us at editor at paranormalunderground.net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place or doesn't feel quite right, it could just be something 